You're listening to the Simple Power Podcast. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode, The Power of Promise. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here, and I've actually got a lot to share this week, so let's jump right into it. I want to talk today about the power of promise, living from the promises of God. As sons and daughters of God, we have the incredible privilege of being co-heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We get to draw from supernatural resource and supply. We actually get to dream with God and partner with God to see His promises fulfilled. The Bible is loaded with promises. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says these words, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. The word amen in the Bible, it's not just something that we tack on at the end of the prayer to let everyone else know that prayer time is over. Amen means so be it and it signifies agreement. In my opinion, amen is one of the most powerful words in scripture because it's actually declaring, I stand in agreement with you. And when there is agreement between earth and heaven, that's when miracles happen. We live under a covenant of grace. The Old Testament covenant was based on the law, the law that God gave through Moses. And not just talking about the Ten Commandments, there were, I think the number is 613 Old Testament laws that the people of God were required to live under. It was a stringent list of commands and you had to follow every one of them. The law required the people to be perfect. And of course, there was no one that could live up to that standard. But when Jesus came, died on the cross, rose from the dead, he established a new covenant in his blood. The book of Hebrews calls it a better covenant based on better promises. We are free from the curse of the law. We're not subject to the curse of the law because we're not under the law, but we are under grace. Our lives are not governed by the law, but they are our lives are governed by the grace of God. Under grace, we have been saved, set free, redeemed from the curse of the law. And if you want a scripture reference on that, Galatians 3.13, that is a good one to look at. You know, grace, under grace, we don't have to, we're not walking on eggshells trying not to mess up. That's what the law did because the law required perfection and ultimately perfection was impossible. The law was not designed to last forever. It was a temporary fix. But ultimately, Jesus came, he died on the cross, he gave his life in our place, he saved us from our sins, and he actually became a curse for us in order to accomplish all of that. Some people think that they're cursed if they break one of the commandments. You know, if you do this, you're blessed. If you don't do this, you're cursed. That's an Old um, Testament, Old Covenant kind of a mindset. We don't have to live like that today as sons and daughters of God because grace doesn't operate that way. Jesus became a curse for us, taking our penalty, paying the price that we could not pay ourselves so that we could walk in absolute freedom and victory. We get to live according to promise because we live under the covenant of grace. It's a new covenant established on better promises. 
One day a Pharisee asked Jesus, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And then he said, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus summed up the entirety of the law in one word, essentially the word love. Love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. Love is actually three ways. We love God, we love others, but then there's also a third position in there. We're supposed to love ourselves. Now that's not a discussion for today, but Jesus said love others as you love yourself. So if you don't love yourself, it actually becomes very difficult to love others effectively. But Jesus said that in, that the entirety of the Old Testament law and the prophets was all summed up in the word love. And if you just look, for example, at the Ten Commandments, every single one of them can be divided up into one of those two categories, love God and love others. Because, you know, if you love God, you're not going to have any other gods before him. Let's be honest. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to steal your neighbor's stuff. You're not going to sleep with your neighbor's wife or anything like that. Now, grace doesn't nullify any of the Old Testament promises, but under grace, we're not vying for a position based on our conduct. We aren't vying for a position in the family of God based on our merits, our actions, abilities, you know, reading the Bible a lot, praying the right prayers, saying the right things. We have this position as sons and daughters of God by grace through faith. It isn't from works. There's nothing that you can do to qualify you for the promises of God. He qualifies you based on who he is, based on his finished work. He has already covered it. He has already handled it. He's invited you into a lifestyle where all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. This covenant of grace that's solidified and sealed in the blood of Christ, it's based on better promises. Your life is cemented in, foundationed upon the promises of God. Now, if you look through your Bible, it's full of promises. It's loaded with promises. I've actually heard it said that there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Now, I haven't taken the time to look all those up, so I'm not totally sure how accurate that number is, but I do trust the source where I heard it from, so I believe it, but either way, there are definitely at least thousands of promises in the Bible. There are promises in the Word of God related to health, provision, prosperity. He promises eternal life, security, peace. There's no shortage of promises in the word of God. I guarantee you that whatever you are going through in life, there is a promise for you. In addition to all the promises that we have from God in the book, in the Bible itself, God will also give you personal promises as well. He speaks to you. He'll speak to you through dreams, visions, prophetic words, the still small voice. He'll give you ideas out of nowhere. Like sometimes ideas will just pop into your head. You know, I, I read recently there was a scientific study that showed that the average person thinks anywhere uh, from... I think it was between, they gave a number between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts per day. That's a lot of thinking. And they said that the vast majority of those thoughts are repetitive thoughts, meaning they're the same kind of thoughts that you think over and over again. Like, 
like the majority of the thoughts that you're thinking today, you probably thought those yesterday and the day before and the day before and like five minutes ago. Like we just have a repetition of thoughts going through our mind. As a side note, they estimate that about 80% of a person's thought life is consumed by negative thoughts. So just think about that for a minute, but that's a discussion for another day as well. Our minds need to be renewed. But I bring this up to say that there are times, often even, when God will interrupt your regularly scheduled programming, so to speak. He'll, he'll, he'll interrupt your regular thought life and he'll just give you a thought out of nowhere. And it's easy to dismiss, but if you pay attention, you'll realize, wait, hold on, this wasn't the same kind of thought that I normally think on my own. And you'll realize that God is actually speaking to you. Jesus said that we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We live by his voice. God is not silent. He's not distant. He's present in your life and always desiring to speak to you and show you things. And here's the deal. Every time God speaks to you, it's a promise from heaven that you can stand on. One of the ways that God speaks is through his written word. So have you ever been reading your Bible and maybe you came across a verse that, you know, you read it a hundred times before, but on this particular day, God just breathed on that verse, that phrase, that passage, whatever it was, and you just knew God is speaking to me right now. That's so powerful because that becomes a promise that you can go back to over and over again. It's been, it's been made personal to you. It's been breathed on by God. So the, the, the logos, the word of God became rhema. And that's a promise that you can go back to over and over again because whatever God says stands forever. So like just for example, maybe you're going through a difficult time financially and God takes you to a place in the book that says, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory. And maybe you read that verse a hundred times before and heard it in 50 different sermons, but all of a sudden God breathes on it, brings it to life, and you have this knowing, this is God's promise for me. This is what God is saying to me. Now, God will never speak to you something that goes against the authority of Scripture, but He does speak. He speaks often, and every word that He speaks brings life. He will give you promises about your future, about your children, your business, your ministry, your spouse, whatever. Every time that God speaks to you, He's giving you something that you can stand on. It's a promise. It's, this is the word of the Lord, and I can stand on it. You and I are designed to live from promise. I believe that everybody should have personal promises from God for their life. It makes life easier. It makes life more enjoyable. We all know that life is full of complications. Things happen. Sometimes, you know, even tragedy happens either in your life or around you. People get sick and they pass away. Complications happen. People get mad at you. You have bad days at work. You have bad hair days, whatever. There's big things and there's small things that affect us. But when we have a promise that we can look to and stand on and say, okay, I know what I'm seeing right now in front of me, but this is the bigger picture. This is what God promised me. For example, like maybe, you know, it's a situation like this. I started this business and, you know, it hasn't been going right and my income's not where I want it to be. To be honest, there are more headaches than anything else. It's taking a lot of time to get off the ground. It's been frustrating. But when you have a promise from God for that business, you can say, look, this is the bigger picture. God said it. He promised it. And I'm standing on it. 
If you have a personal promise from God for your life, keep it in front of you. But if you don't have, if you if you're hearing this and you don't have any promise from God that you can point to, then I would say it's time to get some promises from God. I heard a pastor say once, I believe every believer should have at least one promise from God for their family, for their finances, and for their health. That really impacted me. I grabbed a hold of that and I spent time seeking the Lord and he gave me a promise for me personally for each of those areas. And then I added a couple other areas to it as well. Every promise is something that I can go back to over and over again. And remember that I'm not just living for today. I'm not just living for my circumstances. I'm not a product of my circumstances. I'm living according to what God promised me. Now, if that resonates with you, I would encourage you to take a few minutes today or very soon because, you know, if you're anything like me, you'll forget. But tell God, God, I need a promise from you in this area. As we go through life, we're always living from one reality or another. We can live by what we see or we can live from something higher. I find that sometimes in my life I can get really focused on the results and I can be driven by results and, oh man, I really need to get this done. And that might be okay for a minute, but if I'm living that way and then things don't go well, I can get very quickly frustrated, start to feel bad about myself, get into a pity party or whatever. It's easy to get burned out when your focus is on the results. Now, don't get me wrong. Goals are essential. We need goals in life. We need to have a target or we'll never hit it. But I'm talking about what defines your life. Living from promise helps us to see beyond where we are right now so that we can keep going forward. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are unseen are eternal. When our world is defined by temporary things, by circumstances, by personal effort, by how well things are going, by what people think about us, and so on and so forth, that's a recipe for frustration and disaster. But when we look at the unseen, when we set the promises of God for our lives as the focal point, then even when things don't go right, we have something higher to look to. We can remind ourselves, oh wait, hang on, this is what it looks like out here, but this is what God has promised. When what God promised you is more real than what you see in the natural, when your attitude about life is grounded in the fact that God spoke to you and showed you something better, then believe me, you are positioned for breakthrough. I heard Dr. Miles Monroe say something years ago that always stuck with me. He said, and this might not be a perfect quote, but it was to this effect, if what you see is not what you saw, then what you see needs to change. In other words, if what God showed you is not what you're seeing right now, it doesn't change the fact that God spoke. It doesn't mean the promise is broken or anything like that. Because even if you look at where you are right now and it doesn't match up to what God has promised, you can always readjust your thinking to come back into alignment with what he promised. Let that promise be the focal point for your life. Let me, let me just add something here. When you accomplish a dream, the dream expands. You may be living today in yesterday's promises, but there's another promise for tomorrow. He doesn't allow us to stay in a place of comfort for too long because 
When we do that, we stop growing. He wants more for you. It's from glory to glory, increasing levels of glory that he's releasing and causing to be visible in your life. Your life is designed to reflect the goodness of God, the nature of God, the glory of God. And that happens more and more as you continue to move toward the promises of God for your life. They're being fulfilled, but they're also expanding and developing more and more. So if what you're seeing in your life isn't matching up to what he showed you, remember what he promised you. God, I'm not seeing it, but I know that if you said it, then it must be real. It isn't something that's going to happen or that might happen. It's actually already done because from the moment that God spoke it, it already was. Genesis chapter one says, God, God said, let there be light. And there was light when he speaks It's already done. His word goes forth and accomplishes what it was sent to accomplish. If he spoke to you about a particular dream, understand that dream, that promise is alive in the heart of God for you. It is something that you can live from, you can feed off of. It can sustain you through that period of time when you're going through the process of getting to the promise where things don't look right. When, you know, David said, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil for you are with me. The shadow of death. A shadow has no substance. It can only give the appearance that something is wrong. But if you remember that he is your shepherd, that he's with you, then there is absolutely nothing to fear. David also wrote in Psalm 37, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Feed on the faithfulness of God. Keep the promises of God in front of you and let them nourish you through the difficult seasons and the perplexing circumstances. It's the nature of who God is. He wants your life to be established on the promises of God. The promises of God speak loud. He speaks to us better things. As we receive and live according to the foundation of the promises of God, we experience a mindset shift. Our way of thinking comes into alignment with who God is, with what he said, and it actually causes our lives to become a conduit for his power to flow through. Well, hey, listen, I know this was kind of a simple nugget, but I'm telling you, if you will apply this simple principle of living from promise, your thinking will change. You'll experience a greater dimension of joy in drawing from the faithfulness of God, and you will position yourself for a greater move of God in your life. All right, thanks for listening. I hope this week's episode was a blessing to you. Episode 5 will be available next Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Don't forget to subscribe, and I will see you next time.